Hi, welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. It's episode 97, isn't it? It is 97, that's right. Recorded only a day before we actually put it out. We are up to the minute. Shall we quickly mention episode 100 while we're here at the top of the show? I think we should do. Which is being recorded next week, Wednesday the 5th of December at the Museum of Comedy. I think there's still a few tickets left. We are recording episode 100 there. Yes. Yes. If there was an audience, they'd be going, ooh, now. Yeah, absolutely. And possibly episode 101 yeah. uh, depending on how long we record for but we may make that only available to patreon subscribers so uh, we can't say but um it would be great if you would come along and join us and marcus brigstock and sarah morgan absolutely so marcus and i go back a long way he was in my first sitcom oh. on um on radio 4 and think the unthinkable and actually i got to know marcus uh when he was doing the edinburgh fringe and mm. i was doing the edinburgh fringe back in about 1990 six or seven right um and um and yeah when they were giving out flyers for their show which was the bristol university review known as the club seals uh-huh with danny robbins and dan tetzel right among others and um uh and yeah so uh, so i've known mark a long time it's brilliant that he's going to drop by and sarah morgan that he's teamed up with to write the wilson save the world yes which is a very funny sitcom yes I radio heard, sitcom yes indeed yes and i had an episode uh, not that long ago, and I very much enjoyed it. Good. So, um, so do come and join us because also there's not just the show that we're going to do, um, and just being there will be great. It's just we'll be hanging around in the bar afterwards, and you will be with many other like-minded people, and there'll be prizes as well. Prizes, Ooh, I think so. Yeah, yes, so we should have some prizes. We're hoping. Uh, well, we are having uh, the um, Aaron and uh, Mark from British Comedy Guide will be there as well. Excellent. They must have tons of DVDs they, they can do. give away. They do. They're knee-deep in uh, DVDs. Yes. and uh, of Series 2 of Allo Allo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't think Aaron will give them away. No, I think actually, you'll, hold, you'll get those out hand. of his cold, dead hands. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So that's on the 5th of December. We should probably mm-hmm. tell people when it is. It yes. is on the 5th of December at the Museum of Comedy in London. I know it's in London. Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't live in London either. It is two and a half hours away from mm. my house. So um, We should also tell you that it's at 6pm. Yes. As well. So uh, we get hoofed out of the actual theatre before the evening yeah. show. But we'll be, be able to be in the bar um, until until later so and, please uh, do come and join us tickets are available if you go to the museum of comedy uh, website mm. uh, you'll find that uh, that's how you get hold of the tickets brilliant great well we will hopefully see you there now the other big news apart from episode 100 coming is uh, is dave's book <laughs> hold the front page it's here about, it comes <laughs> the, the book is about to drop um a while ago it was called funny up yeah, which is actually a good title, but maybe didn't describe what you were doing in the book. What's it actually called, and it what is, is it? It is now called the Complete Comedy Writer. Um, sounds like sounds like a euphemism, doesn't it? Oh, that guy, <laughs> yeah, he's a complete, a complete <laughs> comedy writer. Yeah, yes, it does. But it also it also kind of explains a little better what it is than funny up, which is sort of interesting, but doesn't quite um, tell you. Uh, uh, exactly what it does and also yeah. it sort of got in the way of the subtitle yeah. which is uh, make your stand-up sketches sitcoms screenplays and stories 62 percent funnier yeah you so. could have put in brackets in real terms do you remember they used to always there was a <laughs> phase when politicians kept on saying it'll go up in real terms 15 percent in real terms i should put uh, i should also have a little disclaimer as like you know sort of com- comedy percentages may go up and go down yes, as well that's right so, yes uh, your home is at I, risk if you do not keep writing yeah yeah 
So that's, uh, yes, and so... So what's the thing behind this book? So you've already written one book called How to Be Averagely Successful at Comedy. Which was kind of all the everything, lots of kind of anecdotal stories from uh, mm. Edinburgh and my stand-up days that I tried to kind of... Uh, uh, sort of put together in it just in one kind of memoiry book form mm. and that was about five years ago since then I and really I suppose partly through doing this this show and also just writing blogs it felt like um that it seemed to me there isn't a book there are books like your excellent mm. writing that sitcom book mm. um there's books about how to come up with jokes mm. uh, Sally Holloway's good book uh, lots and lots of books about how to be a stand-up mm. uh, but nothing actually that covers about being a comedy writer and uh, and I suppose the reason for the word completing is that you know whatever you're writing I mean that's kind of the main the main point of this is whether you want to write gags or sitcom mm. or screenplays or whatever there are a few kind of basics for, for, that applies across the board, yeah. really. Um, and so I've tried to kind of look at as many areas as yeah. possible. Yeah. And it's also, it's also called a complete writer, presumably, because we're now aware that you don't get necessarily to choose what kind of writing you do. Because although we mm. sort of say, you know, your, people say things like, your style chooses you or, or something like that. Mm. Um, in actual fact, I'm going to use the word writerpreneur again. Right. Um, but if you're going to if you're going to have a sustained career as a writer, mm. or even as a part-time writer, you kind of have to say yes to as much as you can and have a go. Mm. And just to say, oh no, 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 I'm I'm just a sitcom writer. I don't write anything else. Or oh no, oh, no, I'm just a sketch writer. It's like no, you don't. That's not mm. going to work. You do. You, you so you do have to. Yeah, you know. and, and, and it's not just now. I mean, obviously there are there are changes now which we can talk about in a bit. But and we've talked about already on on sitcom geeks. But over the years, uh, and one of the points that I make about you know if you want to write screenplays, for instance, um, most of the people that I know who've written screenplays, and this is over like thirty years, mm. they all started out writing topical one line jokes for mm. on Radio Four, and. There's no escaping the fact that if if whatever you want to write, um, you really and if you want to be making a living so that you can be in a position to say, oh right, well I'm getting paid two days a week for this, that allows me to spend one day developing my screenplay, as opposed to I've still got my job and I'm going to spend my weekends writing this screenplay and avoiding my family and and mm. all those kind of things. Um, you you kind of if you can learn those skills yeah. and 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 there are one of the biggest areas of demand now through the internet of course is, is jokes people mm. want jokes um, they're not paying huge amounts of money for them but then again you don't doesn't take as long to write a joke as it does to write a sitcom so you can start to see you can start to earn a bit of money and mm. learn how to write jokes in the process and get to know other people get to know producers mm. um, and and get your way in the industry that way but as far as the preneur bit goes as you say it's kind of not enough just to be a writer mm. you have to be out there you have to be a little bit of a salesperson for yeah. yourself which of course being a writer is the thing that fills you with more horror than Absolutely. anything else yeah yeah um, yeah i mean i'm always, i often joke that i I, I'll do anything to avoid having to phone someone because if I wanted to spend all my time on the phone, I'd be a producer. Yeah. You know, producers just pick up the phone to solve problems, whereas yeah. I will carefully craft an email so that this person won't ever bother me again. Um, do you know what I mean? As in, my instinct is yeah. sort of to, to not, even though I'm not particularly introverted as a person, 
I hate the telephone. I hate using it. Mm. But you kind of you have to get over all these things, and sometimes you're going to have to yeah. have to phone someone, have to go to meetings, have to work out how to present your ideas, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Because although in a way it's it, there's never been a better time to be a writer mm. in terms of the amount of scripted comedy that's out there and the amount of comedy that's the insatiable demand for it. There's never been more competition for those writing jobs and for that work as well. So yeah. in a way, it feels like. It, it is the best of times and the worst of times, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there are, the, the, although there seems to be a lot of uh, scripted comedy out there. Mm. I mean, that the, the, they are that the slots are being decreased as we speak. Even though yeah. like on radio, for instance, I think they're uh, they're not going to have the eleven is it eleven in the morning or eleven thirty in the morning slot. I think that's they're losing be, that. I think so. That's yeah. the main sitcom slot. Yeah, it's a big, big slot that they're losing, and uh, so um, I think whether they're losing two days a week of it or right. something, but okay. uh, they're certainly um, and that's that. The, these are issues that. Um, more and more you either have to say okay well that's it I'm not going to do it yeah. or okay I'm going to have to look somewhere else yeah. and I'm going to have to be proactive which yeah. is another word that features a lot in yeah. the book actually yeah. and and, to your, and here you go you've decided to go and write a book you've actually proactively done it You were, before we started yeah. talking when we were recording you were saying those little extra things that you've had to get done in order to get the book up mm. onto Amazon in the right format and all that kind of stuff is, you know, you need to know people who can maybe do stuff that you can't do, but also you need to do as much of it as possible yourself. And also in so doing that, you learn. I, I mean, I've, mm. I've been producing theatre sh- shows now and, and tours and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you sort of have to, have to realise, oh, I need to think about this or that, or I've met these people and that's been interesting. And, oh, I, en- I enjoy that part of the job much more than I thought I did. Yeah. Um, and I don't enjoy the other part that I assumed I would really like. It's a little bit reminded me of the days back in the 1980s when I used to take my one-man shows to Edinburgh. You you are kind of in control of it yourself. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of... I've, I've, the, the, things are moving really fast in self-publishing. Mm. So, you know, every day on the internet someone's written a new uh, article which is a, like a new way of looking at how to write books. You know, the publishing of books is changing completely mm. Yeah. Uh, in the same way that, that, you know, the making of TV is yeah. changing. You know, the internet is really just kind of tearing up all the old yeah. models. But yes. the old models are still there. Just about. Just about. But um, People still like buying books. And, yeah. And in a way, I wonder how many books are, A, bought by people who just love having books and the number mm. of books that are bought for people as presents. You, you wouldn't buy somebody an e-book as a present, no. would you? But with, once they get over that, once we get over that, yeah. I think Waterstones is done, isn't it? Possibly. I think, well, what's interesting with the books is, isn't so much that, I think I think people still like to hold a book in their hands. Mm. Um, that And that's kind of kept the book world alive. But it's just the kind of explosion of titles that are available. Mm. And it's, if you th- it, it, again, if you read about getting your book published, say, from like five years ago, and it's all about, well, you need to get a literary agent and you need to do this and you need to get that. Mm. And then even if you got all that, then you're talking about months uh, yeah. and weeks, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wrote, I wrote a novel out. that they couldn't get it published. I wrote a novel that was a bit of a follow-on from Hut 33 right. in the sense of it was about Bletchley Park and World War Two and right. D-Day and code words and stuff. The crossword. One, yes, that's right, yeah, crossword yeah. ends, crossword yeah, ends yeah, of yeah, violence. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they couldn't, couldn't get it published. 
Yeah. And I had a I had a sitcom on Radio 4 on this exact subject mm. and a literary agent who are probably as good, if not better, for books than they are for screenwriting. Yeah. And so they couldn't get it published. And I was like, oh, OK, well, that's, so that's 80,000 80, words uh, that I'm not going to get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you published it. Yeah, I published it anyway, publish, yes. You could probably publish it now. You could probably, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to now be, uh, as well as being a writerpreneur, I mm. shall be your life coach, yes. James. James, you have James Carey, which is you, your unique uh, um, uh, person, yeah. Uh, God, unique person. God, did I really say that? Yes, but, you no. Did. You are your USP is what, or one of the your many things is you wrote. You know, you wrote the sitcom about code breaking. And, yeah. And like any time uh, one of these kind of movies about Enigma comes, and yeah, then it's yeah. always like, oh yeah, James did Hut Thirty Three. I remember yeah. that. Um, so you've got the sitcom. You've probably got copies of those uh, series. You've got the book. Yeah. Uh, and you, you actually now I could say I you. You could repackage that. You yeah. can. You could get uh, and get Marcus or someone to read the book for Audible because yeah. that's become a very big thing now. Yeah. You can. I, I think you could turn your little industry of yeah. Part Thirty Three. You could sort of turn that into your thing because that's the other thing about publishing is you know when even if your book is being published, hooray! Uh, and in fact, James has got a book coming out next year with in who? January with SPCK, right? Who, okay. And then it's about it's about jokes and and religion. SPCK are religious publishers, right. so it's about jokes and, and religion. But, and you know, no, without disrespecting your book, and I'm mm. sure um, it, they will publicise it, whatever, yeah. they're, they're, they're probably going to be bringing out two or three books at the same time. Oh, yeah. Whereas and January is a hopeless time to bring out a book. Um, well, but yeah. it's coming out on, it's coming out on um, Black Monday. Or blue? No, it's coming out on Blue Monday. Blue Monday, blue oh, Monday which okay. is the most depressing day of the year. Right. So, okay. That's and so, out will come my book, which is also in one sense about jokes, but in yeah. another sense, is about how making the wrong joke at the wrong time could basically get you killed. Anyway, you're really selling this well, James. Exactly. That's yes. Fantastic. Yeah. But, but, um, but, but the point with about my book, yeah. for instance, is a uh, I can publicise it, and, and and I said, you know, I was sure that I was going to have it out by the middle of November, which didn't happen, um, and then it was definitely coming out today, which is the 28th of November. But that's now it's going to be Friday. But it kind of doesn't matter because I haven't had to. You know, there aren't people waiting and hanging on it, having to be at that time. Yeah. And also, you know, I had a, a, a like I had a discussion on Twitter with uh, a couple of people uh, about the Good Place, um, and uh, which is a sitcom that I enjoy a lot. And I suddenly realised that I'd written something about it in my book that actually I disagree with, and so. I was able to change it right. sort of two days ago. Yeah. Um, whereas your book, I oh, guess, I'm committed now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, yeah. I, when April, I got, I got, I got the latest proof. So yeah, I wrote it yeah. in yeah, sort of last almost a year ago. But yeah, when I got the final proofs recently, mm. it was just like you only get to change stuff that's factually incorrect. Yeah. Um, or that is typeset incorrectly, but now mm. it's sort of we, you know, the, the wheels are in motion. And the re the relevance of this, I mean, I'm going on more about the the the, the uh, <coughs> procedure of self publishing yeah. rather than so much talk about the book. But actually, a lot of what the book is about mm. is about you being in control of the production process. Yeah. 
And so, yes, it is harder. Yes, it's not so you can't get your sitcoms away as, as easy. Well, not that it was ever easy, but, no. but it, you know, there are less slots and things. But at the same time, the fact that you can uh, be in control of your own desti- destiny is. Um, it is becoming more empowering yeah. Yeah. even than it was say like a year ago when you and I first talked about doing a YouTube yeah. video and we both sort of said well probably not worth it yeah. whereas now I think we both yeah. have changed our minds on yeah, that absolutely. and say so it is definitely yes. definitely worth doing and actually probably this video itself will end up on YouTube at some point hello if you're watching us on YouTube 8 million followers that's right at some point <laughs> watching us in, in 2026 yeah. I think we have um, to use some key words though apparently yeah, to okay. get YouTube to uh, to sell it so uh, we need to say, say Justin uh, Bieber uh, no no, uh, that's, we that's have to say, uh, well, uh, it gets me really angry okay. uh, when I find out that um, I can't publish my book straight away and uh, I feel emotionally scarred by the right. experience. Yeah. I don't know, so we'll yes. see, watch those clicks Absolutely. go. Absolutely, and I'll just mention Jordan Peterson and that will also mean right. that we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, that's for, so people who are listening to the podcast, um, This we're recording this one on, on my iPad and we're just going to see how it looks. You'll probably be able to find it on you, on Facebook yeah. as well. So if you want to find out more about Dave's book, um, which will make you a complete comedy writer, not a euphemism, um, <laughs> then you need to go to Dave's website, which is davecohen.org. Dot .uk. Dot .uk. Yep. Mm-hmm. uk, But also follow us, follow Sitcom Geeks on Facebook and you'll find links there. Follow us on Twitter at Sitcom Geeks mm-hmm. and you will find links there. Yep. From Friday the 30th of November. From Friday the 30th of November. Available on all good computers. Yes, indeed. So it's an e-book. It's not a physical book yet. It will be a physical book. Okay. Um, possibly not till about the middle of next week. I'm going to have to... This is what's going to happen on Friday is I'm going to get them to print a copy and send it to me. So okay. I will look at it over the weekend. And yeah. if it's fine, then then it's ready to go. Great. And that also would make, a, as we were saying earlier, that would also make a very good present. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes. So I like mm. reading ebooks. I'm fine with reading yeah. books on Kindle on my iPad. But, um, but yeah, I wouldn't buy someone one. So if yeah. you know someone who might really benefit from that, then you could possibly hold off, wait for the physical one and... And buy that. In a few days' time. In a few days' time. So The Complete Comedy Writer by Dave Cohen, davecohen.org.uk. Go and find that. We have got a few other things to talk about. Um, uh, Somebody a while ago asked us about world building. And um, I can't remember who it was. And we probably should talk about it for longer than we're going to talk about it now. But... Um, what do people mean when they talk about world building? That always slightly... F- the reason that, in a sitcom terms, when people talk about world building, the thing that sort of starts to worry me is world building feels like backstory to me. And that's... Mm, I think people... I think I think we can... There's a lovely way of sort of drawing maps and it feels like you're creating a fantasy world like Discworld or, or Tolkien or something like that. And it feels like you're building a world that you can then eventually tell a story in but it feels like a bit of a way possibly of delaying actually writing anything that anyone's ever going to actually read or commission yeah i mean if it's a kind of if you're stuck and it's your your sort of kick-starting thing so you're you're kind of staring into space then it's possibly like a a good exercise to 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 kick-start your writing out yeah it's set here blah 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 but i suppose for me world building is something that evolves when you're coming up with the story and the characters and what what it means is it's a place 
it's a place you want the audience to come to, I think. Right. And it's, it's uh, you know, you, if you think about any piece of art that, uh, you know, you go and look at a painting or you go to the movies, you, you're just, you're leaving your world mm. for whatever time the few seconds it is to look at the mm. picture or the 90 minutes in the cinema or the half an hour on the telly. You, you're kind of putting everything else to one side and mm. you're coming into this world and so that's um if things happen in that world that, that sort of go against it mm. then you notice it it's a, it's kind of a slightly weird uh feeling but it's it's something that is very very familiar but mm. also adds a new thing which again is uh, something that, that i talk about a lot in the book is that uh you know we're always looking to create the next new thing yeah but it's always good to have something a bit familiar and i'm thinking about a show like uh seinfeld mm. which looks like an american all-american sitcom yeah. and it is a sort of a family sitcom and if you think about jerry as uh, the, the 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 american sitcom dad who yeah. brings food to the table and he's always he's the of, stable one in the yeah, middle he's uh, you know and and he's basically he's introducing people into his uh, yeah. living room which is his little comedy stage yeah and it's, you know ladies and gentlemen please welcome kramer and yeah. he comes in with a funny thing through the door i'm i'm paraphrasing because yeah. I'm, I'm that but that's what happens is that, you know the first 10 minutes when they gradually dropped his stand-up yeah you know it became a it, it's like okay here's what's happening here are my three friends and they each come and they each bring their little yeah their little bit of comedy but it's Jerry's domain, isn't it? It's yeah. his world, and so and then and then uh, the stories are acted out off the basis of, of of that world, and they, the stories go all over the place. But we're so kind of we we know when we're coming back to watch Seinfeld, or we're going back to Friends, or we're going back to Central Perk, or something. Mm. So it can be a place, but yeah. it's, it's kind of the place and the people in it, yeah. and how you know we're kind of we're welcomed yeah. into it. Yeah, that's a very good way. Of, so I think a better term for when you're writing a sitcom is giving something a sense of place mm -hmm. and also working out what the rules of that place are. Right. World building makes me think of um, Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials, yeah. uh, where he's built an alternative version of Oxford and right. a parallel version of religion right. um, based on his own massive anti-religious prejudices right. um but it's very good the first book's very good i've not read the other two right. um but the um but in a way it feels like that's a kind of novel the, the, the approach to writing a novel where it feels like you are being fully immersed in a world where you've got more time to show people around mm. and have lots and lots of ideas um my worry with sort of fetishizing world building in a sitcom situation mm. is you're going to spend an awful lot of time thinking about the sets and, you know, and the backstories and actually what you need to do is work out who are my characters and where are they going. Mm. So that would be my caveat to that. But I, I think mm. I, I, I like your sort of just going towards the Seinfeld route or the Friends mm. route or just, you know, or, mm. or Arrested Development. It's got its very own particular mm. rules of yeah. its world or um, your porridge or yeah. whatever it well, is. Well, actually, Frasier is a great example because uh, Frasier painstakingly builds the world of Frasier in the opening 
seven minutes mm. of the sitcom. We are introduced to him. He's a talk show host. He's got his, he's got his life. He's got his brother, mm. and then he's got this amazing flat with all this kind of incredible furniture in it. You know, it's eclectic. He says at one mm. point, and then and, and you know we meet his dad, and they obviously don't get on. But anyway, this is the world that's been created, and Fraser and his wonderful flat, and then within about five or seven minutes. Mm. In comes uh, dad is, is going to move in, yeah. and in comes the chair, yeah. and the chair is okay. Here's this lovely world that has been absolutely, you know, no, by almost by numbers created. Mm. Here is Fraser. Here's his job. Here's his flat. Yeah. Here's his perfect world. Plonk. Here comes that chair. Yeah. And that chair stays there. Yeah. <laughs> right until the very last episode. Yeah. And someone pointed out, I think, that it's actually the same. They use the same actor, I think, to who brought it in in episode one. The same actor oh. is then used to take it out in the last oh, episode. Oh, that's lovely. So that's a nice little touch. I'm not sure I ever saw. Did I see the last episode of Fraser? Um, it probably, I, I, it so probably I, went on. I a, just remember them taking. The, yeah, the, it probably went on a couple of years too long, yeah, didn't it? It did. But, um, yeah, but but that's. Having said that, it was still yeah. brilliant. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think, wish I could write a sitcom that went on for a bit too long. Yes, exactly. <laughs> two two yes. years too long. That's a nice problem to have, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that's that's some thoughts on world building that are hopefully useful to whoever it was who asked us about talking about that. On Twitter, we I just sort of said that we were doing a recording an episode today, and did anyone have any questions? Just uh, that we can get to at the end. And um, apart from a facetious one from um, Christian Corley, who was a Patreon member, who asked us where are his car keys, um, and then followed it up by saying that he found them in his wife's uh, handbag. Um, so thank you. Um, solved. Solved. Problem solved. Problem solved. You are welcome. Okay. Um, uh, a fellow called Moses asked us what uh, the Moses ideal Salandaker, indeed who is, he's, uh, uh, I think he's uh, been in touch before but yes yeah, that's good yes. thank you for getting in touch and asked what is an ideal length for a web series is it right. six by ten minute episodes yeah uh, that's a good question and it's uh, the answer is we are finding out all, all the time and yeah it's impossible to say um, it's worth pointing out I think um, th- uh, although it's 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 gone for the next year but but uh, the writers guild now has an award for best online um comedy and usually that will be a a, a, a sketch but it could be an episode of yeah. a sitcom yeah. but that the, the um the maximum uh the, the cutoff point is 10 minutes okay so uh so anything that's more than 10 minutes will automatically not qualify for one of the few okay. awards that are available for, yeah. for online comedy. And even that 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 length might change yeah. um, because in a way 10 minutes has completely pulled out of thin air because it, yeah, it was. Um, because also th- there's been a big change in, in YouTube in the last sort of um, uh, month, not month, year to two years mm. is that previously it was thought if it's on YouTube it has to be 90 seconds, two yeah. minutes tops and that is completely changing now. Yeah. And the, their algorithms are also pushing you towards much longer content. Right. I mean, I, I, I watch YouTube-like television now mm-hmm. um, via my, um, uh, my iPad. Right. I'll, there are some podcasts that are also uh, done like a TV show, like this one, hello, uh, mm-hmm. this particular one-off. And, um, and sometimes I'll watch them when yeah. I'm eating my dinner in front of right. them or something if the, okay. my kids have gone to bed and my wife's okay. doing something else. Right. Um, so... 
and, and, and I people have, to have the family together and for people, family meal. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Well, yeah, yeah. each to the own. Yes. Um, but if um, <laughs> but if I um, but but I have noticed that some people have been writing that YouTube are now recommending you longer and longer videos. Right. And okay. of course, I'm going to mention Jordan Peterson again. Oh right. Um, so his he does he does lectures. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes about the Bible, despite not being a Christian believer himself, that right. are an hour and a half long, yeah. and they're getting millions of views. Mm. Um, now, people can talk about alt-right conspiracies or whatever if they like, um, which is sort of not particularly helpful. But the idea is... That's just what you want them to if, do. If you think that an idea can be 45 minutes and that mm. you can do it of the right quality at 45 minutes, then you can do 45 minutes. Yeah, That's fine. Mm-hmm. If, however, the idea feels like it should be four minutes or three minutes or six minutes, mm. then I, I would be led more by the idea because I just think all bets are off now. Well, that is another thing. And again, uh, coming back to the, the, the book thing and, and the parallels with TV, there's a, there is one article about book publishing which has become my sort of, uh, my Bible really. And it just it's, it says something like, it's one of these you know 24 things that have changed in publishing. Yeah, And, you know, it, he says, this guy says, you know, you can publish publish a book you can publish your book on ee uh, on kindle today and you can withdraw it tomorrow and mm. nothing you know nothing has changed but you learn about the process of publishing yeah. and and he said you know you can write you know everyone says a novel is 80,000 words whatever you can write a book you know you can write a book that's 10,000 words and only charge 99p for it or whatever yeah. so you know you can you can do whatever you want yeah. and actually yeah, uh, ten minutes, six by ten minutes. I mean, if you've got six great ideas with your characters, and they work, and if one of them takes eight minutes and the other one takes eleven minutes, then who, do that. you know, who cares? You're yeah. not you're not bound by um, TV rules. Yeah. You don't have to be finished by the ten o'clock news or anything. Yeah. And also, you can put up two versions. And here's yeah. the, but here's the depressing thing. You might have an episode that you think, this can only be nine minutes long. It has to be nine minutes. You can't cut anything. Make a four-minute version. Mm. Put the, just decide to make it four minutes and put that up as well and see what gets more views. Mm. And I'll bet you the four-minute one does better. I'm sure. And that's because, yeah. and I think, um, let's go back to the episode we did with Mike Shepard uh, when we were talking about uh, Newsjack. Oh, right, yeah. His observation generally was virtually any sketch could be shorter yeah um there really is very little that yeah. that could be that, that you know python were pretty good at getting it down that you know yeah. pretty much the perfect sketch for me is the haggling sketch yeah and even that you could possibly lose the last yeah. uh, 20 seconds of mm-hmm. when they start arguing about the gourd um about how much it was free and it, oh it's free and i want to pay for it well it's yeah, free yeah, you know yeah. i mean it actually it functions like a nice punchline but you could probably shave another 10 seconds off that sketch yeah. if you really wanted to um so almost everything could be shorter. Yeah. So what you want to make sure is that you're putting out something. If you want it to be weapons grade, funny, and make you look good, mm. shorter is probably your friend. Yeah. Get to the point, as someone always used to say to me in yes. my stand-up days. Ah. Yes. Um, and again, I mentioned this in the book, but I had two, two uh, conversations coincidentally on the same day yeah. with uh, at the time that they were judging the um, short the, the Writers Guild Short Award, and the, the winner was like 90 seconds long, and I think the winner this year is 90 seconds long as well. And uh, I, I asked the judge on, on Sitcom Geeks, I said, what's your recommendation? And he said exactly that, cut, always cut, keep cutting, keep cutting, keep cutting. 
coincidentally that night I bumped into a friend who's now a very successful novelist uh, I'm thinking of writing I didn't novel. know there was such a thing <laughs> oh no she's okay. Lissa Evans okay. she was, she oh Lissa Evans of course yeah, yes my, was, my wife TV. reads her books um, yeah she's a comedy uh, director yeah. for, did Have I Got News For You and other shows and, and I was asking her for some her tips about about novel writing and then she said uh, cut 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 always cut mm. I thought god that's you know yeah, one and a half minutes. I can see it, but like eighty thousand words. Are you uh, are you cutting all the time? Uh, yeah, you are. It's true, and uh, yeah. I think that's. Uh, that, and also, that's I mean, talk about get to the point. I've been doing a um, a series of um, blog posts. I've sort of tried to get back into blogging again, and I've be, I've been talking about five mistakes that you make in the start of your script, well, yeah. mm-hmm. and the first one um, is basically you've you've you know you've made the mistake of writing a feature, and you think that you've got ten minutes just to set the scene. And you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Get on with it. You don't have 90 minutes. Mm. You know, if you're writing a movie, you're assuming that people have paid eight quid, ten quid to watch mm. your movie. No one's walking out after eight minutes because it's boring. Yeah. There's a grammar to, to movies and there's a, you establish normality before your, your hero has their inciting incident and goes off on a quest or whatever. Mm. In a sitcom, you've only got 30 pages. You've got 28 minutes, 26 yeah. minutes, 21 minutes in the case of Modern Family. Yeah. Get on with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it can always be shorter. Um, and, you know, story is character. But anyway, go and look on. Cut, um, next sequ- question. Cut, next question. <laughs> yes, that's right. It can always be shorter. Alex Smith has got in touch. Thank you, Alex. And said, how to go about writing a studio sitcom having only written a single cam previously? Is there a difference in premise, making the most of it within logistical constraints, common pitfalls? Possibly not what you meant by quick question when I said, well, that's probably true. And that's We've done several episodes about this, but I suppose very quick points that I would say is um, your uh, audience sitcom, you, you are write, you're writing as much for the people in the room watching the show as you are for people at home. You yeah. you are, so you are, uh, you've got to get those big laughs. Mm. So you need, you need big jokes. Yeah, you really big. do need to be honest with yourself and go, mm. are we going to get three out loud laughs per page smiles we can't hear um so that really does mean that you're you might push your characters slightly mm. broader it does mean that you might um just yeah just a bit of slapstick a bit of slapstick more physicality mm. um and also just there are jokes that you just can't do you can't mm. do jump cuts so well you can't do pull back and reveal jokes yeah. as well um i mean you can but you would have to do them at scene changes mm. And the audience are probably not going to laugh at them. Mm. So you just need to be aware that you are entertaining 200 people, 300 people in a room like it's a theatre. And then hope to hell that people at home find it funny. And we've, we've talked to a number of people in recent episodes about how it just didn't work. And actually... The magic of the room doesn't, yeah, the ma- doesn't yeah. translate onto the yeah. TV. And we've spoken to Paul Mayhew Archer. We'll be putting that um, interview up probably in the, in the new year at some point. Mm. If you subscribe on Patreon, you'll be able to listen to it uh, very soon, um, where he talks about shows that didn't work in the room mm. and, um, you know, got home and watched it on their own TV. And we've talk, spoken to Pete Sinclair about that as well. He wrote well, Mr. Steve, Charity. Stephen Moffat, of course. Yes. The, the, the Great Chalk, which, yes. which was the, the, the funniest live sitcom that everybody who saw it said, you know, that's just the funniest thing yeah. ever. So went. those are so pitfalls are don't make it too funny, yeah. um, you know that would be a nice problem to have, wouldn't yeah. it? Um, so so there are lots. So in a way, yeah. you just want to just get into your 
get into your head. How are you going to feel as the actors mm. are doing this? And can you honestly say the audience are going to laugh enough for it not mm. to be weird? I think one other thing that I would say these days now, which, which I, I, I think now, if you are thinking of doing an audience sitcom, it is hard to... Uh, audiences are just not as used to the idea. TV at home audiences uh, are just not as used to the idea. And I think you have to kind of almost imagine that performance is a part, as is like almost like an element of it. Mm. So if you look at the successful sitcoms, uh, like or the new sitcoms, I mean, the newest audience sitcom is Upstart Crow, mm. which is basically, it's, you're watching... Uh, you're watching a play about uh, Shakespeare. Uh, you're, you're kind of watching a mini Shakespearean mm. play. So, you know, you're, uh, you're not watching a family at home on the settee. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that's that kind of audience sitcom now, I think, I'm not sure how, if you'll, if you'll ever... Oh, you know, it'll I'm come back. Sure it'll come back, yeah. but at the moment, I'm not sure. I yeah. think, and I think the, the last three sitcoms that I can think of, new sitcoms like Mrs. Brown's Boys... Mm. Uh, Miranda and um, Upstart Crow, they mm. are all very much kind of um, sort of theatric, they have yeah. a theatricality yeah. to them. Yeah. Miranda and Mrs. Brown, boys, yeah. they're both, they both talk to the camera yeah. and, you know, there, there, there is a, there, there's the, the breaking of the, yeah. the fourth wall. And, not, and also not going out has a, yeah. um, has a live quality to it that Lee Mack brings mm. that... You know, you couldn't really imagine anyone else yeah. doing and that. And in fact, I think the Christmas episode is going to be live. Right, yes. I've, I've heard uh, Paul Carenza tweeted the other day or something, yeah. who has worked on the show as well, mm. who just said it is one of the funniest things he's ever read. He just said it was made him laugh mm. out loud. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, which is a grizzled, grizzled old hack like <laughs> yeah. Paul and me and you, I'm sure. Mm. Um, sorry, Paul, I don't mean to call you out as a grizzled old hack, but oh, yeah. um, I think you'll know that that's well meant. Last question is about um, from Dairyman's is from the about the illustrious Ronnie Hazelhurst who created memorable tunes um, like Last of the Summer Wine was a particular favourite. While Max Harris's jaunty end theme to Porridge always seemed out of place, I'm not sure it did. Um, I hadn't thought about that, so it obviously didn't have that effect on me. Friends and Cheers got into the pop charts. Such was their popularity, and obviously there was a theme tune of Mash. Yeah. Um, again, we talked to Paul Mayhew Archer about that. I think he mentions Mash. Is that right? Uh, yes. Somebody we talked to yeah. just mentioned I mean, what a Gareth incredible. Maybe it was Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Another interview also on Patreon, mm-hmm. um, which won't be out till till next year. I don't think. Um, I mean, a sitcom theme tune can make a huge difference. Yeah. In a way, that's a very long way down the line problem. Yeah. Well, I, I, although actually, again, having uh, the, the, the the most famous one, I think, would be uh, Dad's Army. Which everybody yeah. everybody thought was a uh, was a, an old song, yeah. but it was actually written to be especially like that. And, the, and in fact, I think, but I remember seeing the the, the, the first ever episode, yeah. watching the uh, watching it going out, yeah. uh, watching the credits, and the you could see you know the audience are, uh, seeing those credits yeah. for the first time, and the, the the roar when those arrows, you know, those yeah. British arrows going forward yeah. and, then they, and then they're coming back. back the roar of laughter on that it's yeah. just uh, it's like oh my god you yeah know? And, and so i mean if you're lucky enough to to come up with something that that perfectly 
when we're coming back to talk about the world again, yeah, you know, that's that's the world that they they uh, brought back for the yeah. people who a lot of people remembered that yeah. world at the time. And, uh, Let's go know. back to um, so I've been involved in a few theme tunes for my own shows, um, one of which. Um, <laughs> so you sort of have an idea in your head. Uh, Think the unthinkable. Uh, when my first sitcom had a theme tune which was meant to sound uber modern and pretentious mm. um and in the end we we took the lyrics off it i think we did had lyrics in the first thing where we had Catherine shepherd saying ridiculous things um but it felt about right um hut 33 set in world war ii um felt a bit too military for me it felt a bit too marching bandish and actually it should have been a bit more uh, mm. geeky and sound more like sonar or radar or something yeah. like uh-huh. like that and then with um i did a sketch show called concrete cow yeah yeah um and for some reason both me and the producer adam bromley we wanted for some reason to have a theme tune which made it sound like an imperial battle cruiser was passing <laughs> overhead right. which meant we ended up with the final movement of shostakovich's fifth symphony <laughs> um and um and then uh bluestone 4-2 we sort of had three or four kind of fairly grungy tunes that we like the sound of. And yeah. I think they were given to a composer who did a fantastic job yeah. of just producing something that, you know, we yeah. really, really liked. So mm. it, can, it does, it does create a tone. Yeah. And it, it is your friend, you know, so you can mm. use it and it can help you. And if you don't use it, it can hinder you. Yeah. I, 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 a similar thing. I mean, my, my thought, cause I, I write a lot of, songs mm. i used to do my own songs in stand-up so it was always my exciting wish to not only record my own uh my own song uh, which is great because then it's your song but you also you keep the royalties as uh. well which if you have a long-running show uh if you imagine the people who wrote the friends uh yeah. theme i uh, probably the lived, lived off that the remnants Rembrandt. it also yeah. probably killed their career in another way but Possibly, maybe not i don't but, know you know it's probably a price worth paying yeah. i would say but then uh, you know for instance the show that i did travels with my anti-semitism uh, mm. because it was um that that, that there's a uh, type of Jewish music, klezmer music, which is very much from the sort of yeah. uh, it's like the sort of precursor of jazz. Yeah. Uh, and there's a there are a couple of bands around now, and they there was a particular band who just did a really sort of perfect heavy rock yeah. kind of version, and that just felt like that that tells the story. Mm. This is like the old the old meets the new. Yeah. And and so uh, yeah, you're kind of those are the kind of things you're thinking about. But actually, I must say, I was I I didn't like our theme tune when I first heard it. Our sitcom geeks one, but oh. I, but I I love it now. Okay. I think it's brilliant. I think I will, I think in future I'll always ask James for his uh, opinions. Okay, I'll get James to do my all my theme tunes. Oh from well, now there you on. go. So uh, I think we're done here, aren't we? Yep. We should probably wrap this up. Uh-huh. Let's remind people that your book. Um, called The Complete Comedy Writer mm-hmm. is at davecohen.org.uk yep. and also our 100th episode is being recorded at the Museum of Comedy on the 5th of December 6 at 6 PM. o'clock yep. with Marcus Brigstock and Sarah Morgan mm-hmm. and me and you and hopefully you listeners uh, mm. do come down to the Museum of Comedy so are we done? Yes we are thank you very much bye bye